War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Well, it is Monday. It is September 12th. Tomorrow's the primary. Now, a lot of people have already voted. There's a lot of controversy. But we're going to have full coverage of this. A uh, lot of controversy going on right now regarding voting machines in Providence. Now, we've I've been telling you there's going to be problems. Uh, there, there's different parts of this it's almost like three prong because gorbea nelly gorbea seemingly doesn't care about the rules doesn't do anything ethical she's involved with the election the board of elections doesn't say anything and then they're all pointing the fingers at the they're all pointing the fingers at the private vendor who's apparently in charge of the machines uh in rhode island so the whole thing is um is really just uh, a mess, not inspiring confidence is what I should say. So there was supposed to be a, um, there was supposed to be a hearing today at the Board of Elections. And, and instead, uh, that has been canceled for some reason. So it, it, it's up in the air, but it is not leading to confidence in how this election is going to come out that's for sure it's not leading any confidence as a matter of fact so mayor lorza who's acting almost as the uh, surrogate big supporter with the helena folks campaign he was demanding that those machines that are a problem be taken out of the city and and instead they have not been and i believe the board of elections and they're saying it'd be impossible for, for that to happen. It would absolutely be impossible to be able to have the election uh, if, in fact, the machines were taken out. So it already starts with controversy. The fact that Merrill Lords, who's with the Folks Campaign, is demanding those machines be taken out, being taken out of the city of Providence, that, that, that certainly, as I said, not only does that not, um, you know, bring much confidence to the, to the discussion, but on top of that, it, it also does just the opposite. It makes people wonder just how bad is it that Allures were saying. So they were supposed to have an emergency meeting to remove, they call them express vote machines, and it's now been canceled. So, so how this is going to turn out, we're not sure. Now, there is still controversy over what's happening regarding the whole situation with how students are identifying. And I want people to understand when you hear about students identifying as a cat um I, I want you to remember now you have to you can't ignore north kingstown school committee 
both the school committee and then also the superintendent issued a report saying, and I, this is really important, because now we have another news story on DePetro.com where there's a, a new student that has emerged that people are talking about that identifies as a dog, and it's the same type of thing. This all has to do with the gender pronouns, how you, um, that, that started to be a big thing. Now it's infiltrated the schools. Gender pronouns, how the student identifies. But listen to the, the verbiage here, because it's very important. This is from the school committee, North Kingstown, and also the superintendent. How they choose to identify, listen to this, is a personal decision, and not for me or anyone else, to disclose. So before I move on to the next part, how they choose to identify is their personal decision not to be disclosed. Meaning, if you have a girl that says, I identify, I want my pronouns to be he, him. Uh, you have a girl that says, I identify as a male. Then they feel it's not up to us to disclose how they want to be identified as they ask the students. If you have a student who's a boy that says, I want my pronouns to be her, she, that's how I identify. They, they send, go on to say, that's not for us to disclose it. So I want many of you to understand, they consider this to be a privacy issue. I have people that want more information. Who are these students? What are the school? There's privacy issues here. So that's why already, and, and obviously they're all minors. I mean, they're all, this is K through 12. Uh, in North Kingstown, I believe it was two in the middle school. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say as much about the child that identifies as a dog simply because it was a family member that was providing me the information. I did it on the condition that I wouldn't reveal a lot about the student. But, but then this is the line that I want you to understand. No matter what they try to say about litter boxes or, uh, and I'm gonna play sound. The producer of the Dean York Show says it's bullying if you question students on this. But this is really important. You have students in the schools saying, I identify as a cat identify as a dog and this is the line from the superintendent and also school committee whether they identify as he a she they or anything else all start students are part of the community deserve to be treated with respect that is or anything else well in reality there is nothing else right it's we had a baby you know, was it a boy or a girl? This business of some of them, a pronoun is they. They want to be described as they. They don't want to be described as a he or a she. So that's the trans, a student that says, or non-binary, I don't identify as either. So I want my pronoun to be they. You should always refer to me as they, not a he or a she. But here's the line, or anything else. Listen, in reality, there's no such thing as anything else, right? You're, you're a human species. So for the schools, this is so important. Whether they identify students as a he, a she, a they, or anything else, that's where I say, wait a minute, there's no such thing as anything else. You're continuing this. You're encouraging this. You're going along with this notion that, or no, you're either a male or a female. If you want to get into that someone is neither male or female, then you can go with the they. But the anything else does not, see, that should not be, I don't want to say it shouldn't be allowed. I just don't understand the logic of why they are allowing these students. Now, Lively Experiment. I've been on Lively Experiment. I've hosted Lively Experiment. Well, it jumped the shark this weekend. It is totally lost. Listen to Dan York Show producer on public television, Lively Experiment describing and going after uh, any adult that questions the, as he calls them, the cat kids. This is Bill Bartholomew. I think this was their outreach of the week. By the way, Eileen, uh, uh, Eileen Violet is sitting next to him and, and doesn't even take exception to what he's saying. So let's listen to, um, this is how it sounded. If a kid wants to wear a cat ears or cat whiskers, or whatever it may be, however they want to dress, you know, let them do it. As long as it's not disruptive and distracting to the other students in the building. And for adults in positions of prominence in this state to be harassing these kids and creating a bullying type mentality is disgraceful. 
And I call on every single member of the media who has been engaged in this nonsense to, re to recant what they've said and apologize to these kids. And apologize to these kids. So it, 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 how would that not be disruptive? Like, notice now, granted, I, I'm assuming he does not have children. How would that not be disruptive? You have children that want to lay on the rug and meow and purr and hiss at people, dressing as a cat, saying, I identify, no, I'm a cat. You have someone now, a new student, saying, oh, no, I'm a dog. Well, they don't talk. They growl and bark and roll around on the floor, eat the food out of a bowl. He's saying it should be allowed as long as it's not disruptive. If you're listening and you're a teacher or former teacher, how is that not disruptive? How is that not turning? That That is moronic. So, and to try to turn this, you know, shame in the adults, this is bullying of the children. The children should not even be in the situation where they're claiming they identify to be a cat. Let's hear that again. This is the Dan York Show producer on um, public television, Rhode Island PBS. If a kid wants to wear a cat ears or cat whiskers, or whatever it may be, however they want to dress, you know, let them do it. As long as it's not disruptive and distracting to the other students in the building. And for adults in positions of prominence in this state to be harassing these kids and creating a bullying type mentality is disgraceful. And I call on every single... Now again, he was not met with resistance. You know what's also interesting, folks? I want to remind people, a student can't wear a t-shirt that says MAGA, can't make America great again. That is not allowed. But this individual is saying perfectly acceptable if someone wants to come into class and meow and purr and hiss and act like a cat in the classroom. I say let him do it, he says. Dan York Show producer. Hey, this is the same radio show that said, oh, no, it's perfectly normal for a grown man, in this case the coach of North Kingstown. This show has defended uh, Fathead... Pork boy and his, they have defended that coach Tom more than anyone else. Actually, the only one defended him more than anyone else. Oh, no, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a grown man getting into a closet, kneeling down with a 14-year-old boy in front of him and then having the kids strip naked. That's perfectly normal in their eyes. Folks, do you see a, do you sense a theme here? You know, that's considered normal behavior. Students going to school identifying as animals. Totally normal behavior as long as it's not disrupted. It, disrupting anything? Again, you couldn't wear a shirt to a public school that says Donald Trump not guilty or MAGA. But this, he's saying they should be able to wear, identify as animals. I think it's wrong. All right, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmed urgent folks you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website to beatrope.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, anchorising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, it is primary election eve. I want to start off, just recap. Boy, a lot has happened over the course of just the course of the weekend. But I want to go back to uh, Friday. I, I, I think Governor McKee kind of caught a break, and I don't think the media did enough. He, um, he attended... There's been a, a union strike 
um, at this private company, DHL, and they have an offshoot of drivers. So anyhow, it's been going on apparently since June. If you if you put it, you know, put that in on Twitter, all these different politicians have like made their way over there to show support, even though I, I, I never think I don't think elected officials should get involved with this private company involved. But anyhow, so after McKee leaves and he and Lieutenant Governor are giving these speeches about fighting and you need to fight and we're here to fight with you. Well, there was fighting and it was five Teamsters were arrested with uh, fighting with the Pawtucket police. And then brought into custody. Um, there wasn't a lot of coverage. There was some coverage of it. But granted, it was a Friday and it's a fast moving news cycle. But I want to just start off. I think that's one of those things that he, you know, he kind of, I thought, lit the fuse. And 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 certainly some culpability. The mayor of Pawtucket was there. I, I just thought it was, a, it was absolutely horrendous that they were there. And then it resulted in those were key people that were arrested. Well, yeah, certainly the uh, I agree with you 100 percent. They they shouldn't attend these things. They shouldn't be taking part in disputes between two different constituents in that way. I mean, the government yeah. has no role in that. And you can have no confidence as a as a business owner in, in Pawtucket or anywhere else in Rhode Island that, you know, when when the lieutenant governor and the governor out there saying we're here to show our support and to fight with you. I mean, sure, they don't mean that probably in the literal fist fighting sense but what does it mean if you're the if you're the governor and you're saying you're fighting with them what are you doing behind the scenes what is your how are you changing the rules of the game in Rhode Island to benefit the people you're fighting for and that's a that's a major concern and i think whether or not it's a direct incitement to violence that creating generating that attitude that the entire government of this state is on our side certainly contributes to the idea that hey if we want to push the cops we can go ahead and do it because we run this state and that's what it really starts to feel like is the governor is coming there groveling for a labor union they own him he's their property that's right we are run by the union's property at this moment unless he loses and so that's that's really you know standing next to that giant inflatable pig i mean it's just there's a it's just it's a very it's makes you want to take a shower it's it's kind of dirty and gross and demagoguing and companies do take note of this stuff they're not because they they can't just sit there and and not take this sort of thing into account and in rhode island since there's so little hope of changing things that's often going to mean leaving or not coming here if, if they're not here already so it's just a just a terrible terrible move i think on, on government's part and you know you almost can't blame the governor because as you say so many of them are doing it it's almost like you, you just have to stop by these things and kiss a few rings and then and then could be on your way because it's the price of, of elected office in the state but it's it's not not a good development and Justin, you see in the video, there's Crowley there, there's me, there's George McDonald. Look at this. They have the mayor of Pawtucket and the governor and lieutenant governor coming. You know, a lot of people don't, under Governor McKee, you notice there's no talk about trying to lure big companies here. There was definitely more of a, a Raimondo thing. Um, and so many times, like when someone's in play or they're trying to get a bigger Fortune 500 company, it, everything he talks about is small business. As much as he talks about that, because... That's all you're going to have. The small businesses, you know, don't have in some ways enough workers within the unions can infiltrate. But think of if you're a Fortune 500 company and you're even thinking of relocating here, what people need to understand is they look at that and it is a non-starter. You'd want to be you're not going to be treated fairly. He's showing where his allegiance is. Um, This isn't teachers that want something or state workers i mean they have no business being there at all and then let alone uh you know it erupts but justin i think and it can't be ignored that you're when when you have george knee there and crowley and mcdonald they are calling the shots running the show governor mckee just decided he'd he'd rather to me and i know this is going to sound harsh but he's to me like a puppet on a string they absolutely call the shots there was that you know, get out the boat rally they had at Twin River and there's Sabatoni up there, you know, Dan McKee. It doesn't it's not leadership to roll over give the unions whatever they want. That that's not leadership. He's taking sides against the taxpayers with private sector in these 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 unions. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, with regard to small business, that's that's great to to focus on small business if that's if that's your your emphasis. But uh, you know, he's not. It's not as if he's doing anything for them either. You know, it tends to all be one package. Either we're good for business or we're not. Uh, and as we we've discussed before, as as small businesses grow in Rhode Island, I mean, first of all, as soon as they start trying to get you know formalize things start hiring lawyers and getting everything in order that's when they really get hit a year or two into business once they start to take off Rhode Island regulations really start to kill them but then if they get even bigger that's when the unions show up and start organizing and attacking yep. and threatening and th- th- so there's even for small businesses unless you you really intend to stay small as in you know just some guy fixing you know going around from house to house fixing things or you know that kind of small single sole proprietor and a few maybe a few employees that's fine but once you start getting a little bigger a little more successful rhode island kills you and this is exactly the sorts of things those anybody with aspirations bigger than that ought to be looking at you know at some point the unions are going to come for you because that's what they have to do to keep that money money yep. flowing they need at some point you know and we, we've seen this even you know the the unionization of say um, at-home nursing care people who are all independent contractors they're all small businesses but they were allowed to unionize because government subsidizes them to some extent so they were treated as a class for unionization and boom they're unionized so that's that's where it's going to go as soon as the union figures out how to get there and we, with with elected officials who are already uh breaking what ought to be an obvious protocol and attending their rallies, uh, that's that's really a signal that you're not safe, even if you think you've got a governor or mayor or whatever who appreciates small business. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week with me as Justin Cast. Now, Justin, also Friday was when the McKeep campaign leashed, unleashed this campaign, going after Helena Folks, tells me they see her coming up in their rearview mirror and uh, one of the lines is pump CBS pumping drugs into people's homes. That set off a, a flurry. I mean, I, I as soon as I heard that line, I thought, wow, pumping drugs into like into all homes. Granted, the opioid crisis was bad, but it wasn't all homes. Well, over the weekend, as you saw, Tom Ryan, retired CBS head of that's why they call it the Ryan Center. He had said he'd never seen it is incredible. CBS is basically the biggest private employer in the state. Fortune 500 company worked as a partner with the state during COVID. I want to get your reaction to McKee attacking them. McKee tried to say, oh, I wasn't attacking CBS. I was attacking her. But uh, just your reaction to him attacking CBS and then the the Ryan flare up. (laughs) Well, the the very first thought I had was he's stealing a line from from no chance candidate Dan Munoz. Yes. I mean, that was his line during a debate going after Helena folks. And it seems like McKee was sitting there at the table and said, oh, that's a good one. We should use that. Right. I mean, it just sure. it, it shows the, the complete lack of distance between the guy who's actually governor, who's, who's actually sitting in that seat, and the person at the other end of the debate table who has no chance is just in it. You know, you get the impression just because it's kind of a fun thing to do. It gets him a little tension and he can he can rattle off one liners and push his causes. I mean, that's. There's no distance, and I think that's that's the bigger problem, especially on a Democrat side of, of the aisle. Is the the left is extremely powerful at this point. They they like the unions, and there's a lot of they're in some ways the same organization. The, yes. the progressives and the left, the far left radicals, they. They're, they're not they don't compromise they, they don't work with you they don't do they don't if you are a villain like a major company like CVS they go after you and our politicians in Rhode Island obviously feel they have to play to that crowd and they will and they will so I think that's that's what you see there you know you can say um, oh, this, we were going after folks not CVS well you used a headline that said CVS for one that's right. And you, you can't tease those two apart. Uh, and I think that that contributes even more to what, what is I'm increasingly concerned about is this idea, this obvious problem we have attracting anybody to public office who's done anything. Because if you if you've been in private business, you even if you're done, you've moved on. You're now if you run for office, you're going to be answerable for anything they did, whether it was their fault or just a controversy for whatever reason and not only that but you are bringing a spotlight on your former employer so who wants to do that i mean helena folks doesn't want uh want the folks at cvs and tom ryan coming under heat because she's running for governor that i mean that's 
that is disincentive to get competent people running for office. And so I think that it's, it's damaging in multiple ways for our governor to be behaving this way. It is. And <clears throat> I mean, it is a fact. Uh, CBS, 7,000 employees based in Woonsocket. And Justin, I mean, you and I talked about during pandemic, granted it was Gina Raimondo, but one of the benefits of having them here was Rhode Island was one of the first places that rolled out. It was like the testing and, and that was, you know, that was very valuable at that time. In, in many ways, you could certainly say, you know, that was a <clears throat> being a, kind of like a good corporate partner, worked in conjunction with the state. Uh, <clears throat> CBS is obviously a giant. But and I think the Ryan, you know, if he would attack the state's largest private employer just to get votes for governor. You know, as you mentioned, I mean, just the visual of that, of me and uh you know, you start to wonder if people like me and Crowley start to envision like, yeah, with under Governor McKee, we're going to go after all those CBS employees and try to get them in our union. And I mean, the sky becomes the limit. It's almost, you know, they view private companies as as places they could feast on if they have the right type of right, the right type of leader in Governor McKee. I, I, I thought it was a total misstep when I saw it. I thought it was a harsh line. It's at the end. They're trying to come up with a new commercial to throw her off. But I was thrown by it. And that was uh, something for Tom Ryan to speak up. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz. It is our primary day uh, um, uh, selection of it right here on the John DePietro Show. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz. It's the primary episode is what I, I meant to say. We're speaking about the election. Justin, um, I'm, I'm curious. So Helena Folks, who certainly without question, the last debate and now the past couple of days, she did get the endorsement of the Boston Globe. She had Nancy Pelosi come in yesterday for a get out the boat rally. And then also uh, we're learning Dr. Scott, uh, Nicole Alexander Scott, has also uh, in, given out her endorsement. I'm curious. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service. Over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Chris, what do you make of the folks' campaign really trying to close the gap and making this last-minute push? Well, I mean, it, it is making things interesting at the last minute, and you know, maybe yeah. it'll overcome. It'll be an interesting test, especially of mail ballots. Um, I mean, it'll be telling that during the last election, 2020, uh, there was you know a lot of Republicans who mistakenly went went home and thought they were doing really well and then when the mail ballots came in so we might see something like that so we're, we're at least going to get some interesting data on how much you really can and i think i think she's just doing this all too late it took her a little too long to find her spine and find a voice and start really campaigning and so i i think my my sense is it's going to prove too late maybe not it's hard to tell because the other two candidates are just bumbling everything you know from from ballots to to well fbi investigations but uh, and and flooding but the we'll see we'll see i mean i i think you know like man you mentioned nancy pelosi she she did a last minute stump for i think it was ed markey in massachusetts that didn't make a difference uh, or yep. it might have made a difference but it wasn't enough and so i i think that's where we're gonna go and a candidate we've been saying you and i for months <laughs> you need to be out there you, yeah. you need you, you can't try to close a 15 point or whatever gap in the last week, it's, especially with mail ballots and early voting and confu confusion. And 
not to mention all the different ways people get information, you know, not TV debates, but also internet and Facebook, Twitter. So I, I think it's going to be a tough gap to, to overcome, but uh, it might be, could be closer than, than I should certainly would have expected a week ago. No question. And, um, and I think a couple of things, number one, Obviously, it also, isn't it, um, I think it kind of hurts the state. How about, I mean, the Providence Journal doesn't even do endorsements anymore because they gave up on editorial pages. That was a very strong endorsement from the, the Boston Globe with their Rhode Island edition. Justin, I'm going to be curious. You know, you go back about a, less than a year ago, but Governor McKee suddenly started, he do, started doing a lot of his events in East Providence. I went to one. It was a COVID event. He became very chummy with the, the mayor of East Providence, Mayor De Silva. And I, I just I think that that's where they have something at the sleeve where they are planning on pulling a lot of votes out of East Providence. Traditionally, you know, the, the triangle in a Democrat primary where they try to pull all the votes out of obviously Providence and then Pawtucket Central Falls. He's got Grabian basically, you know, joined at the hip. The mayor of Pawtucket will essentially just repeat seemingly whatever Dan McKee tells him to repeat. I can't even imagine, Justin, I'd love to be a fly on the wall if it's ever Sabatoni, Nee, Crowley, and then Governor McKee and and uh, the mayor of Pawtucket. I mean, he, I can't, I, I would love to see a scenario where the mayor of Pawtucket Gravian says, I disagree with you guys. <laughs> I mean, it would just never happen. He was totally along for the ride with the, the Paw Sox Stadium simply because of the amount of union jobs and the same thing with the soccer stadium. He's not going to tell them no. He's not going to say, no, you can't build this mammoth overpriced no bid stadium in my city he's just you know he's like the caretaker of the project but um i am curious to see how east providence breaks out because something tells me you know mckee did beat aaron ruggenberg in that close election uh he you know i i just wonder if he has some kind of a strategy you do have a number of nursing homes nursing care facilities retirement homes in east providence more than I think some people might realize. And I, I just wonder if there's something at play there. Now, let's touch on, um, you did mention something. There are problems with the Providence machines. Mayor Lorza is requesting those machines be taken out. And I believe the last we heard is the Board of Elections is denying that. The Board of Elections was supposed to have a, a hearing later today. Now they're saying that it's too late and the machines can't be replaced. Justin, this goes back to, I've been predicting that there'd be some kind of a problem with Nelly Gobey and the machines. And lo and behold, here it is the day before. And Mayor Alorza, who's basically acting as a surrogate for the folks campaign, think of that. He's demanding the vote, the, the machines they're going to use be taken out of the city of Providence. And and not least because they're having problems with the Spanish language. Uh, yes. About, the whole thing, I mean, the, the finger pointing, the, the, the errors in the first place, it really it doesn't inspire confidence at all. No. It, it, it's I, so I have to have some sympathy with the lords, although, you know, he's, he's rather new to the idea that maybe we shouldn't have these machines there, but the, you know, this is the kind of problem that can have, and you see it every election cycle on social media, people post pictures of they, they try to press one thing and another vote goes through and, and that yep. sort of thing. You know, it's just, it seems to be one of those things, just put it on paper. <laughs> there's, there's just no need for this, but the, the complete, the, you know, the idea, there's some ambiguity, I guess, and it's not entirely clear whether it's the Secretary of State's office, the Board of Elections, all that stuff. But this is just basics. If you're publishing anything, yeah. you review the final product. You know, yes. if it's a website, if it's a book, you review the final product. And it's not as if it's not like a book where it takes you three hours to read through the whole thing. You can you can have 10 people review a ballot before saying, OK, go live that they right. didn't that and that they had this cascading okay so the 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 names of the candidates slipped through but then they're misspelling candidates names and then the headings are wrong on some of the races i mean it's just it, it's not clear that anybody actually is taking their job seriously and you know the board of elections saying we're gonna we're gonna come up with a written protocol well you know that's great but you know proofread your stuff doesn't need a protocol it's kind of right. basic it's sort of like we're gonna have a protocol to make sure people take some drink some water and go to the bathroom at some point during the day you don't need that you just this is what these people should know they have to do and the fact that they don't it's just it, all the way ripples all the way through the system uh and you know it, 
it's not, I was already going to be skeptical of the outcome, no matter what it is, but this sort of thing really just hammers home the problem. And if the fact that, you know, how about this, even the, even the fact that they can edit the midstream is of concern. The, so who knows how frequently they edit, what they're editing. It's just, it's not like paper where you can see a big giant, box of paper come into the room you know that it's just something's different and i think it's an indicator of of a need to backpedal but that we're not really hearing any even allures it's just these ones are not working right now get them out but uh there's there's really no reconsideration on a broad scale that i can see no and i believe he's being told no that it's it's too late but a couple of things here and again, folks, our segment is politics this week with me, Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorizing.com. You know, Justin, in the lead up to this, John Marion, he was all along. We got to, you know, reform and let Rhode Island vote at the state house. <clears throat> and anytime you'd mention anything about voting, they would act, oh, you're an election denier. And oh, that's the, you know, Trump and democracy is under attack, blah, blah, blah. You and I have talked, uh, talked about it. There is motivation to cheat. And what no one has answered is 55 people apparently voted off the 2018 ballot. So what exactly happened to those votes? And they don't bring this back. I come back to, you know, you know, the media, I thought, should have been more aggressive locally regarding a lot of these voting questions. The attitude they take, meaning some of the campaigns and some of the progressive activists, they, they act as though there'd be no motivation to try to, you know, take an advantage or cheat in an election. And on top of that, Justin, we've also seen, and I've, I've talked about this, the way that the finger pointing, Nellie Gorbea signs off. Channel 12 was dumbfounded when the head of the Board of Elections said no comment about the machines. <clears throat> they just, they just, it's, it's hot potato. They just pass the buck back and forth. It's tough to nail down. Is it the private vendor? Is it the Secretary of State's office? Is it the Board of Elections? I believe, and I'm going to get your thought, but the danger is something goes wrong. It's plausible deniability. Where, When you think of it, all three claim that it wasn't them. They did their job. And therefore, you know, they, they toss the hot potato to someone else. Right. Well, the, you know, the uh, other cliche is what success has many fathers with failure is always an orphan. I mean, that's, yes. that's very that's much right. the case here. And that, I think that but that goes to the basics of business. And what that ought to mean, the vendor, the board of election and the secretary of state, that ought to mean we have three layers of redundancy yeah. reviewing the final product. So each for their own reason, but all of them keeping an eye on it. Uh, instead, it become it slips through the gaps, which really makes you wonder whether we should have government doing much of anything at all. I mean, this is what you get is everybody. Oh, that's not my department. I, I, we don't we don't we don't read those. That's not our job. Well, no, that's everybody's job. You're all in this together, right? To get this, to get this working. Uh, but I think the, your, your mention of the, the, the lack of willingness to admit that there's incentive to cheat. I mean, that, that's one of the most suspicious parts of the whole thing. I mean, you, yes. just anybody who's saying, oh, who would cheat? And by the way, the same people who want government to control everything, who want government officials picking sides in labor debate, disputes uh, those same people oh nobody would ever cheat it's just it's it's not credible and that's that's what it's almost as if they are setting up this system uh, and this may be the saving grace whenever you hear of a of a conspiracy of government you know well government's pretty incompetent so the idea that they could pull off a major conspiracy is, is questionable to say the least it'd be it'd be an interesting turn of events. If if the conspiracy to steal elections fell apart because they're just too incompetent to pull off the basics yeah. of proof ballot, and that's that's really where it, it could go. But it was funny you mentioned the Trump comparison and questioning elections. That's exactly what Gorbea's spokespeople said of Alorza. It's a, they called right. him Trumpian. You're Trumpian. You're raising questions about the election. Well, no. <laughs> well, in fact, actually, he is Trumpian in that sense because there were strange things happening in 2020. There are strange things happening here. People did vote before anybody even raised a flag that the ballot might be off. I mean, that's this is not a conspiracy theory. This is something happening right in front of us, and they're not they're not basking in glory over their response. That's for sure. Folks, quick break. Much more hit politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them four zero one. 885-4209 in Massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 
propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 it's our primary eve episode politics this week with justin katz and justin i want to just stay for this just to finish it out and i want people to understand how significant this is the fact that the mayor of providence mayor Lorza, is announcing he wants the voting machines that are going to be used tomorrow taken out of the city and appealed to the board of elections to me that shows he he is actually you know the folks campaign that they see that something is off they suspect something is fishy um how can we have a, a, an election result where Providence factors so much into the mix if the mayor of the city on the eve of the primary is demanding the machines that we're going to use be removed from the city of Providence? That does not that does not breed confidence in any way. Oh, not at all. And I mean, again, to emphasize the, the problems were with the Spanish population. I mean, we hear all the time about yes. Uh, about vote suppression. Anything you say could be vote suppression if you're conservative. But here you're saying on the eve, well, we ought to get rid of these machines. How many people are just going to come in and and just throw up their hands and say, I'm not going to bother if the machines are not working. Who knows if it's functional? I mean, that that starts to, but, you know, as I said, he does have a point. It does raise questions. I mean, if if we come to the results at the end of the primary and Gorbea won, say, by a a slim margin of Providence voters, how could we have any trust that that's None. the actual result? There's no, I mean, it, I mean, sometimes elections can even come down to those initial 55 votes that didn't that's vote right. on, on poor ballots. So, there, and there's, there's just no way to know. And that, so it's it, it already before we're out of the gate, it's legitimate to raise questions about about the outcome, particularly in, in this area and, and with the secretary of state running for a key office. And I also want people just to understand the, the, the difficult nature of this is no, no matter you could have the New York Times, Washington Post investigative team. So I'm actually going to give the media somewhat of a break here, myself included. But all right, let's just say there's something wrong. We can't actually I'm going to speak for everybody. We, it's not like they would allow me or anyone else to go examine the machines. Number one. Number two, even if I could, candidly, I wouldn't even know what I'm looking for if I'm trying to see how the machine is designed. The Board of Elections is standing right there with the camera rolling with Channel 12 and the, the head of the Board of Elections. He doesn't give a detailed response. He doesn't give any of comment. He just says no comment. Gorbay is just issuing statements. It, it is an element of there are fences that they put up that cannot be penetrated. And the element of, you know, the vote is sacred. The vote is private. Uh, we don't know who those 55 people were that voted off the 2018 election we don't know who they voted for so that remains secret there are purposely things done and actions taken that make it very very difficult uh for people to try to check what i think is interesting about this before we move on is just you know i've been concerned about the mail ballots this leads me to believe that gorbea's strategy uh, could maybe in the machines i mean it's it's that simple and not machines that normal people maybe normal is not the right word but let's just say it's not muriel and goodwood going to the press saying hey there was something wrong if you're talking about like spanish uh, it was spanish ballots and the spin that i i mean when's the last time you and i saw a group of spanish speaking individuals called a press conference and then started to lay out some of the you know, things that they saw go wrong or call attention or be almost be like a, a whistleblower. The fact of the matter is in this in this state, Justin, that that has never happened. No, it's it's true. I mean, it's it's a uh, it, it's a hidden 
population in some ways. And, and yes. up till now, the, the Democrats have kind of liked it that way. You know, they they goose the census in those areas. They they cater to them for votes. Um, and but that's so it, it would be telling if if the the margin for for victory or, and the errors were were kind of in that that population. And that does raise an interesting question. It's I mean, uh, Alors has raised questions about the machines, but where are the advocates for this community? Right. I mean, they're they're normally very quick actually yeah. to to come out and and it's usually some of the same people, you know, Alors, Gorbea, uh, all all the standard politicians. The where where are they? In fact, the the a pack for Latino voters just came out with an ad for the Gorbea. And so right. shouldn't, shouldn't they be raising questions to her? I mean, shouldn't it's, it's, it really is a, it, it goes into that category of, of topics where, you know, if, if you flip the parties or if, if there were any political yep. to be made up instead, it's almost like, no, 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 this is actually our, our scheme. So put this on, put, make this go away, make this quiet. It's just, it's just a ballot machine problem. It's nothing to do with ethnicity. It's nothing to do with, with uh, suppressing the vote. No, 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 no. This is just a technical problem. And maybe it is, but then that means that it, they're, they're unfair when they attack people for raising value, raising ethnicity in, in other circumstances. But it's, it's certainly curious. I also want people to also recognize, Justin Katz, that you know, Nellie Gorbea, who, I, you know, obviously playing a major role as secretary of state in the election, controls the voter rolls. Uh, the past, I don't know, I don't know about a month, but few weeks, she has been under attack for not following the rules, being unethical. The red box on her website. Now they're saying the commercials that she had to redo about Governor McKee, the latest Latino PAC that had to change the ad. Suddenly, they're all looking at each other like, gee, the person who's essentially running the election is not following the rules. Justin, if that is the case, why would they think that she would then, someone who's acting unethical, why would it be a surprise that maybe she's not doing everything ethical when it comes to the election itself? Yeah, or or competently. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's, those two sort of inter, interlock a lot yes. of the time. Yeah, it's it's – that is – the key problem. A lot of these things, you know, it's almost like they they've set up a bunch of rules that they thought would exempt their allies, uh, and they're not. So the the red box on the. I mean, this was a an, an old Obama trick, right? You tell your yes. you tell your supporters how to spend money and and do activism by tweeting things out or by putting it on a on your website. In a oh, wouldn't it be great? You know, who who will rid me? You know, the classic line of who will who will rid me of this meddlesome priest? I mean, that's that kind of hidden instruction it's par for the course but it's coming to light now because it's i mean the fact that she's as you point out the fact that she's secretary of state kind of in charge in some respects of the election she's campaigning in uh, for governor that's that really puts a lot of additional questions on it and it it, it really starts to to in some ways raise questions that ought to have been asked a long while yeah. long ago i mean we talk about i mean you mentioned the pack with the problem with the pack and john marion a common cause is is complaining about this they didn't mention their list their top five donors or something like that uh to say who was supporting gorbea but that you know i've been saying for years is unconstitutional you can't compel right. speech you can't it just like just like you can't compel people to tell you who they voted for you shouldn't be able to say who they gave money to it's just or who they're supporting because that makes them targets for all of the allies we've been mentioning like the labor unions and the, the radicals and the progressives so I, I mean i'm with corbea's supporters on this one but you know it's it's not just a problem when when it's a candidate you don't like this is something we ought to go back to a long time ago and, and rearrange how we think about these things but so much of it it's almost like things are falling apart in Rhode Island. There's so much incompetence and corruption and the unions and radicals are so aggressive that a lot of the people who kind of nodded and went along with these things are going to get tripped up in them because they're, they're, they're no longer on the ups, which goes, I mean, I guess to tie things together goes with the, um, the ballot harvesting as well. It's, it's important to have the support of the people who can make your problems go away and who can go and harvest votes for you. And that's, that's where we are right now is that McKee is buying that kind of support yeah uh, where and gorbet is losing it apparently i want to just um in, in our remaining moments it not for predictions but i want to just walk through the campaigns and and we'll get a sense of it I, i'll i'll go first i'm going to start with dan mckee i think justin he just gave up 
I mean, with his low approval ratings in the FBI, to me, Dan McKee, he gave up. There's no leadership. He sold his soul to the devil. He just is fully on board. Whatever the unions, his path to victory is to have the public sector unions carry him over the finish line. It's very expensive. The people of Rhode Island would have to pay all the IOUs. Um, I, I I think, especially the, near the end, he's he doesn't seem confident. Uh, he's done what he I think he thinks all the right things, but in the end, I, I think the McKee campaign, it's a lack of a better word, but just it's been it's sleazy. He 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 has given up on trying to win approval from the voters of Rhode Island. Now it's just, you know, I'll hand over the keys to the kingdom to to the unions. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it'll be an interesting test to see just how powerful they are. Uh, and that's that's it. I mean, you put it very well. He he, he said, you know what? I'm not going to worry. Just don't let me be disembarrassed. You, right. you put me over the finish line and and I'm good. You know, you'd, you'd want integrity in leaders to say, you know, I, I don't want to do the, I don't want to win if I have to do the, do the wrong thing in order to win. But that's apparently not Dan McKee. So I, I think, uh, I think that's where he is. And I, I don't know, I'll be surprised actually if, if he doesn't pull it out in the end because of that. I think that the unions in the, are, are just that, that influential, particularly in a Democrat primary. Right. In the way to ballot harvest. You know, we already touched on Helena folks. I'll say this about Nellie Gobea. I thought it was a very lackluster campaign. She in no way. She would uh, in both the last two debates, she kind of started out OK and then just faded. It showed me, you know, there's never been a lot of gas in the tank. She's never gotten better. She uh, if she weren't secretary of state and involved with the election, I, I don't even think she'd be. Uh, you know, on almost on the stage in a way, but she didn't come out with any memorable ads. They're actually very forgettable. Um, no good lines, nothing different. I'm anxious to see, but I, I think, I think she ran the, the most, the poorest campaign of the three. Well, yeah, I, I agree, but I, I do, think, you do kind of wonder, I've never quite understood her value proposition. You know, it's yeah. even her, even one of her more memorable ads recently was, you know, she basically put in her as Gorbea from around the way, you know, Gorbea, the, the, the nice lady down the street, you know, that's, that's right. not really, you know, maybe that gets you secretary of state, lieutenant governor, but governor of the state. Yeah, I'm not so sure. And, and from what I've seen, she hasn't really done much that would inspire confidence she knows how to run a very large organization uh, in fact her performance as secretary of state is is leaving a lot to be desired so i uh, it was a poor campaign but i i'm not sure she had all that much to work with other than i'm, I'm female and i'm a latina folks again um we're going to find out and then we're going to continue to talk to him our segment again politics this week he's justin katz managing editor at anchorising.com justin great job as always and i think we'll talk to you later in the week once we start to get some of the results all right great i look forward to it the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com